Hey, good morning once again. And I will say this, um, we have been, as of late, uh, talking about specifically evangelism, but the uh, kind of four essential practices of the Vineyard Movement as uh, designated by uh, our national director, national office. And uh, I had prepared a message to talk about evangelism today. But as we were in our uh, staff meeting Friday morning, and actually Sarah prayed a prayer, and when she prayed, uh, it was about the baby dedication this morning. And I have believed, and other people have uh, shared with me, they also believe that God is doing something parallel in the lives of these kids and in the life of our church. And so I decided to talk about that today. And I'll be honest, this is true confessions, I was hesitant because it's my family and I felt like, well, it's not really all about us, you know what I mean? But I also felt as though this was a important enough thing from the Lord that I was going to push past that particular uh, obstacle and go ahead and share this with you today anyway. So, for those of you that are with us as guests or new or don't know, really, really briefly... Uh, the kids were, were born, they, they were, can I tell them the whole thing? They, they were adopted embryos, and they were actually carried by a surrogate who is, where? She's outside. So Holly was, it was the surrogate mom, her and her husband John uh, <laughs> graciously offered to do what is one of the most amazing, loving things I've ever heard of, and uh, carry the babies for, ma- baby, originally it was supposed to be baby, for Matt and Jordan. And then at about uh, some point, I don't remember the weeks along, we found out through uh, ultrasound that there was not, in fact, baby, but two. Uh, they were twins. And then at about 20 weeks, I believe, uh, we, we were able to find out that one was a girl and one was a boy. And then it was just a few weeks later when some complications developed and uh, things did not go as planned. And they were born at, as Donna said, 23 weeks and six days, just under 24 weeks, weighing just over a pound apiece. And since that time, uh, and I'll share a little bit as we go, but God has done some miraculous thing through the prayers of many of you as well as others that are not here today. Um, So that's kind of what I want to just share a little bit. But let me start with this. How many of you have ever... um, seen a sunset or maybe a mountain lake or some creation, part of creation, some, you know, natural sort of thing, and just sensed and felt the presence of God in a profound way as you've seen that. How many of you have ever had that kind of experience? A few of you. I think there's times when, you know, I've felt hopeful or, or incredibly peaceful or sensed God's joy at just the beauty of creation. How many of you ever had this experience where... God used a child, um, and, and, and maybe the child said something, or maybe they just did something, or you saw something in them, and God spoke to you through that, that there's, you, 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 you came in touch with sort of a different level of the creative beauty and complexity of God through the life of a, of a, a little one. Some of you have experienced that. How about this one? Um, how many of you ever used uh, a relationship? Let's just say, you know, for the sake of uh, illustration, your marriage, to build character or patience or 
uh, something in your life teach you something? How many of you ever felt that? Oh, that's a couple ladies who raised their hands. That's amazing. I thought that would be the guys. Yeah, right. I'm character. Uh, you know, here's, here's my point in all of those illustrations is this, that sometimes the natural things in life, I believe, are indicators of something God is doing on a supernatural level. The natural things in life are sometimes indicators of something God is doing on a supernatural level. As I've gotten older and walk with the Lord for a longer time, this is what I have come, the conclusion I've come to is that the line between the natural and the supernatural is very thin. And oftentimes they just sort of blend together if we are aware. There are any number of places, uh, more so in the Old Testament, but some in the New Testament as well, where God actually gives signs or speaks something to people through, through weather, right? Through storms, clouds, rain, drought, different, different weather patterns, and God is doing something uh, through those. And sometimes today people recognize or think that way. Sometimes they don't. I find it interesting that uh, the insurance industry acknowledges that, right? Because if your house gets uh, destroyed by a flood or an earthquake or something, what do you call that? Acts of God. Yeah. If your house gets torn up by weather, it's an act of God. If something good happens, if you win the lottery or something great happens, it's luck. But if you get destroyed, it's God. Uh, I don't get that. But at least they acknowledge that God's out there. He's doing something. Um, and and here's, here's my point. I'm bringing that up today because I believe that, as we've dedicated the twins this morning, that God is doing something in the lives of, of these two little ones, that he's also doing a parallel uh, with us as a church. And as uh, Donna shared, and I gave you a little bit of background, we believe that there's, this is a miracle that, that these babies are with us today. I believe that God is doing miracles in the life of our church, that there's life and growth, that there's hope, that there's a new season of hope, a new beginning, a season of life that we're entering into uh, that is really, in some ways, very parallel uh, with what God's doing with these kids um, I'll try to do this, but I will never forget the, uh, just a short time after the, they were born, um, minutes after they were born, uh, a lot of us, our family was gathered in the waiting room at the hospital, uh, not knowing what sort of news we were going to hear. We were waiting for an update and Matt and Jordan finally came into the room and, uh, gave us a, an update that, uh, about the babies and told us their names. We didn't know their names up until that point. And I remember uh, Jordan saying that uh, the little boy's name was Jackson Brave. And uh, she said that she and Matt had chosen that name sometime earlier, and during the events of that day and the day before, had reconsidered and almost not named him that. And she said, we thought about it because uh, that's a pretty strong name for a little boy who might die today. And in, in my mind at that moment, the immediate uh, thought was, not today, Lord. And that became, became my prayer over the next several months. Every day, uh, I woke up, and the, the first thought in my mind and the first thing I said is, not today, Lord. So I believe in the same way that uh, God has granted life, that he's granted life to us as a church. 
And in some ways, and some of you that have been around know this, some that weren't don't. But God wouldn't let us die. Uh, I tried. <laughs> I tried to kill us off. Uh, but God wouldn't let us die. And I believe God has bigger plans for us. And um, I believe that uh, it, it would take too long to share everything that's happened. But what happened following that was unbelievable in terms of the network of relationships and the ways that God moved in people's lives. Different nurses and hospital employees coming into the room where the girls were and, and the, the girls, Jordan and Holly, praying for them. Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable, the presence of God. It really was like kind of almost like the Holy of Holies. Like you walk in that room and you went, ooh, something's going on in here. And literally people were hearing about that and coming in to just to say, I, I got I to get in on this. You know, uh, Shane announced this morning the seminar we're having with, with Ravi Kandal, who's become just a tremendous blessing and a friend to us. And we met Ravi through that experience. We got to know him because of what God did in the lives of the babies. And I believe this, that there, there are networks of relationships and new beginnings and new friends and new life that's happening through uh, what's happened with them in the life of our church. Um, I, I believe that there are relationships that are, that are already taking place and that are going to continue to take place and that God wants to do something in terms of developing and growing a network of relationships uh, where people are going to be touched by the presence of God in the life of our church in the days ahead, that he's, he's drawing uh, people and families and friends to us whose stories will all be intertwined. I also believe God is doing a work of reconciliation. Uh, some of you know my, my friend Dave King, and Dave's not here today. He was regretted not being able to be here, but Dave is actually Holly's dad. And Dave and I were best friends for many, many, many years. We worked together. Uh, we did ministry together. We raised our kids together. Uh, I mean, we, we really did. We did. We were, we were, we were very, very close. And in recent years had kind of separated, gone different directions. And, and really through what happened with the life of the kids, God has restored that relationship and brought us back together in a very profound way. Uh, we, I actually joke now, we joke is that we're sort of related and kind of, I mean, not really, but kind of related. Uh, um, but I believe too, again, that there's a parallel that God is going to reconcile and restore relationships in the lives of people here in our church in the days ahead. And I, I would encourage you all to pray about that and to consider if there are broken relationships in your life that maybe God would have something in terms of restoration of those and bring those back together. Um, you know, here's the thing. Look, let me just say this. Uh, that's the enemy's plan. If he, he divide and conquer is his is, is his strategy. If he can divide us, he wins. All right. But if we don't allow that to happen, and if we say no, we're going to push through and restore relationship, and the enemy cannot divide us. I tell you, we win. So I would just encourage you in that. I also believe this that there are um, people that are part of our fellowship that are part of this church that aren't here, and that have uh, some... I thought about it this morning early, actually. Uh, it broke my heart, but I realized there are hundreds of people 
that have been part of this church that aren't here today. And uh, my friend Dave Murray is here. And Dave has been uh, a, such an amazing encouragement and, and blessing to me personally as well as to our church over the last couple of years. And I believe Dave is first fruits of people that God wants to bring back to us and that there are others. And I would encourage you also to pray about that because I think there are lost sheep. I think some of those people are connected at other churches somewhere, but a lot of them aren't connected anywhere. They're just wandering and they're like lost sheep that God wants to bring home. And let me just add this. I, I want to say when that happens, let me tell you what our job is. Our job is to be like the father in the story of the prodigal son. Our job is just to run out and greet him and say, welcome back. It's not to judge. It's not to say, where have you been? And it's not to be critical. It's to throw a party. That's our job. Um, and I believe with all my heart that that will happen. Um, we also prayed this morning uh, before service. And this Donna brought this up a little bit, but just the, the reality of passing on God's purpose from generation to generation has always been a significant part of who we are in the Vineyard Movement. I want to read one little passage and then tell you a story um, Psalm 78 is one of my favorite psalms. It says, uh, What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, the power and wonders He has done, so that they will teach their children so the next generation would know them, and even the children yet to be born, that they would in turn tell their children that they would put their trust in God and would not forget His deeds but keep His commandments. Um, and I really believe that that's a, a heritage we have in the Vineyard Movement. Uh, I was, uh, as a youngster, had the privilege of being able to hang out with uh, John and Carol Wimber a little bit in some of the kind of foundational stages of Vineyard Movement. Uh, and it was a little bit like being a fly on a wall. You know, you kind of got to sit in at tables and meals and stuff with like lots of really important, big, scary people and just listen in. And so it was one of those where we dinner somewhere, I don't remember, and these guys were kind of asking questions and they were trying to learn a little bit and, uh, from John and Carol about, you know, what was your vision? What was your master plan? How did this all come about, you know, in the, the vineyard? And, and John kind of did what he always did. He just sort of shrugged his shoulders and, uh, you know, and he looked at Carol and Carol said, well, really, you, you know, what we really wanted was just a church that our kids could go to. And uh, clearly, that's something I'll never forget. Um, and it's been my prayer, you know. So I'm blessed. My kids are all here today, and some of your kids are here today. I, I, you know, I, talk asked me to come and share with the youth group for a couple of weeks, and I, I just love it. I just love it. I love seeing what God's doing and raising up generation after generation of people. Um, we have a saying in the vineyard about kind of, and I talked about this Thursday night at our small group class, how we respond to the presence of God. And we talk about being naturally supernatural. 
And what that means is this, really, that we don't need to get all worked up and hyped up and, you know, put on any pretense or anything to, to, to be in the presence of God. It, it could just be who we are. It's okay. I love that about us. I, I, you know, I, I love that uh, I can wear shorts to church <laughs> because that's what I do. Uh, I love that. I love that you guys feel like that. I love that we are who we are. And, and so part of being naturally supernatural is just being yourself. But let me, I want to submit something else to you, I think. And again, this week I really realized that part of being naturally supernatural is that in the course of life, and this is kind of going back to where I began, in the natural, ordinary, day-to-day circumstances of our life, that we're conscious and aware of the supernatural presence of God and what He's doing all the time, everywhere. I think, truthfully, we miss so much. And if we would just acknowledge that God is a God of miracles and He's doing amazing things, sometimes I think we miss out because we don't, we don't walk in those things. We don't, just, we, we don't take the time to think about it and to look for it and to pray for it and to acknowledge it. But that truthfully... I, I really do believe that, like, you know, you could say, you could, I mean, the doctors said it's a miracle. The doctors said these babies wouldn't live. The doctors said there's this percentage of chance and this percentage of chance and this percentage of chance. And it, ha- it, it didn't happen. They're here and they're, they're, and they're doing well. And so you can say, well, that, that's good. Right? That's nice. Or you can say, no, that's a miracle that God did because. He cares and he believes and people prayed and asked him to do that. And I think those things are happening around us in the lives of people all the time, that God's doing stuff in people's lives, and we can be a part of that if we'll just step into that um, and acknowledge that. So I I haven't actually taught the Bible today. Uh, I probably need to make this legit. So I'm going to read one verse. Oh, I read one. That's right. Good. Okay. Two. Old Testament and New Testament. Boom. this is uh, at the baptism of Jesus. And it's interesting, John, all four Gospels give us a little different uh, sort of perspective on Jesus' baptism. You know, Matthew tells us about how uh, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, right? We love that. I've taught on that verse. Uh, Mark, I like Mark says the heavens were ripped open. They were torn open. You know, I mean, it's it, that, that there was whatever barrier stood between heaven and earth on that day, boom. But John says this, and, and he's the only one that says this. John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven. They all, saw, all four say they saw the Spirit come from heaven as a dove, but John's the only one that says, and remain on him. I like that. Jesus was a Spirit-filled person, and see, he, he in the day-to-day life, he just was doing stuff, right? He was just doing stuff, going places. And stuff happened. Oh, I'm, my computer's weird now. Um, in his normal routine, in the natural circumstances and course of life, supernatural things happened. Right? Because he was a spirit-filled person. The spirit remained upon him. And I really believe if we allow the spirit of God to remain upon us and stay on us and with us, that our eyes will uh, see things in a different way and we'll have a whole different perspective and be able to really... Uh, see God's presence and power in ways that we maybe have not seen it before. So that's just what I w- wanted to uh, share with you guys today. I hope that wasn't too self-indulgent. Um, you know, I know it's, it's our kids, my grandkids, and I love them. But uh, 
I'm blessed by what God's doing in us as a people, as a church, and in your lives, and I want to see more of it. And so uh, why don't we stand together, and I'm going to ask uh, if you guys, Tuck and uh, Brogan, Sarah, will you guys come back up? And I'm going to pray, and just we're going to do a little ministry. How's that?